0: I'm kicking off a two-part series today called Express Yourself. Come on, do me a favor. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, express yourself. (laughs) How how many people in this room, okay, show of hands, how many of you want to say, I love the Lord? Okay. Let me give you some truth this morning. This is a life principle for you. Love must be expressed in some way or another. Okay. I love my wife, but I don't assume that she knows that I love her. From time to time, I have to express myself, I love you. Hey, girl. How you doing? (laughs) God loves us. The Bible says in Jeremiah, he has loved us with an everlasting love. And he wants nothing more than for us to love him back. Okay, but if we love the Lord, how do we express our love to God? The answer is worship. The answer is worship. This, this week and next week, we're going to look at how to break the barriers to worship, and we're going to look at the power of worshiping our God. You know, I've shared this before, but uh, I read an interesting article in the Washington Post about Olympic athletes, and here, here's the amazing and startling truth of this article, is that bronze medalists are happier than silver medalists. Think about that for a minute, okay? Silver is better than bronze, but bronze medalists are happier than silver medalists, okay? According to research, third place winners are happier than second place winners. And this is how they explained it. Silver medalists, all they think about is how close they came to winning the gold, that they're not satisfied with silver. But bronze medalists think about how close they came to winning nothing at all, that they're just happy to be in the club. <laughs> okay? That reveals a powerful truth about our human nature. Your focus determines your reality. The silver medalists are focused on what they didn't win. The bronze medalists are focus on hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, I just won something. Come on, tell somebody. Your focus determines your reality. Okay, I hope you will get a hold of that. Okay? Silver is better than bronze. If you look at the circumstances, people with silver medals ought to be happier than people with bronze medals. It's not about your circumstances. It's about what you focus on. Your focus determines your reality. Your internal attitudes are more powerful than your external circumstances. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 23, 7, that as a man thinks in his heart, so is Focus well, determine your reality. I think of all I think all of us know people who can find something good in the worst of circumstances. But we also know people who can find something negative in even the best of circumstances. Okay, and here's the principle that governs your life, whether you know it or not. You will see what you're looking for. You will see what you're looking for. Okay, there are two basic types of people. There are worshipers and there are complainers. Uh Uh-huh. Yep, you will be one or the other, but you cannot be both. You're going to be affiliated one way or the other. Either you're going to be a worshiper or you're going to be a complainer. And the only difference between the two, and it's so simple, is what they focus on. We see what we're looking for. If you're looking for the negative, you will only see negative things. If you're looking for the positive, you'll only see the positive praiseworthy things. You will see what you're looking for. Come on, tell your neighbor. If you look for it, you will find it. How many of y'all remember learning in school something called the scientific method? Okay, six of you. The rest of you, I'll explain to you what the scientific method is, okay? It's where you form a hypothesis, and then you conduct experiments, to test your hypothesis, then you come to a conclusion. But in everyday life, we don't do that. We are about as unscientific as it gets. What do we do? We form a hypothesis, then we form a conclusion, and then we look for evidence that supports our conclusion. Y'all know it's true. If you're gonna be negative, you're gonna look for all the evidence that backs up your negative view. If you're gonna be positive, you're looking for everything that backs up your praiseworthy outlook. Hello. I'm preaching better than y'all shouting, but I hope you're listening. I'll give you an example. Let's say you don't like somebody. You just you don't even know why. You just do not like I cannot stand them. They better not come into Walmart when I'm in Walmart. But I said on my row in church, you just don't, they just irritate you. You don't like them. What do you do? You form your conclusion, I don't like them. Then you look for all the evidence to why they're not a good person. And you ignore all the good evidence. They could cure cancer and raise the dead. Well, they should have done that earlier instead of making all those people suffer. Come on, it doesn't matter how much good they do, you ignore all of that because you only look for evidence to support your conclusion. <laughs> Here's another example. You're head over heels in love with somebody. You look for all the good things about that person. You ignore all the contradictory evidence, do you think? So I'm like, girl, why are you dating him? He's a drug dealer. No, he ain't. He's a pharmaceutical entrepreneur devil is alive, you ignore it. all the evidence that's going to help you and you're just looking for the stuff that supports your conclusion. You will see what you're looking for and you will ignore what you're not looking for. Are you all with me so far? Your focus determines your reality. If you're looking for something to complain about, you will find it. And it will become the reality of your existence. You will always be complaining about Something. But if you're, on the other hand, if you're looking for something to praise God about, you'll find that too. Hello. And this is the choice you have to make because all of us tend to be natural born complainers. What do we do the moment we're born? We start crying and complaining about something. Hello. We are natural born complainers. Complainers, we are predisposed to complain, and I know that we have a lot that we can't complain about right now. But you need to make up your mind, because the Bible says, "Read our minds." Right? You need to make up your mind instead of complaining, instead of following my sinful human nature. I'm going to make up my mind. I'm going to find something to praise God about today. Hello. You can't control the circumstances in your life, but you can control your attitude. Hello. You can't help the adversity, but you can help your sorry attitude. Hello. How many of you have heard of a guy named Victor Frankel? Anybody? Okay. Four of you. All right. I'll, I'll take it. I'll tell you what I get. I'll tell you who Victor Frankel was. Okay, Victor Frankl wrote a book called A Man's Search for Meaning. And in the book, he writes about his experiences as a Holocaust survivor. He was a very prominent psychologist, and when the Nazis came, he was thrown into the concentration camp. So he wrote about his experiences there. And this, He describes the scene in his book when prisoners were brought into the camp. He said the guards took everything from them, their clothes, their luggage, their photographs, their personal belongings, everything, even their names they assigned them a number instead. They took everything but one thing. Listen to what Victor Frankl said. He said, everything can be taken from man except one thing, the last of human freedom is the freedom to choose one's own attitude in any given set of circumstances. What an incredible statement. I'm convinced that the most important decision you make every day is your attitude. You can have all the good knowledge in all the world, but the wrong attitude will keep you from going anywhere in life. Can I get an amen? You say, well, what does this have to do with worship? What you focus on determines whether you will complain or whether you'll worship God. David, in the Bible, was a man after God's own heart. He was a worshiper through and through. David said in Psalm 34, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. That's the decision that David made. Do you know that? David had a hard life. He had triumph and tragedy. He had some ups and downs, but he made up his mind, I'm not going to focus on the bad no matter what I'm facing today. I will bless the Lord. David made up his mind in advance. Child of God, you may face some difficult situations, but it helps if you make up your mind today. No matter what I face, I'm going to praise God in the midst of it. You see, worship is not a reaction to your situation. Worship is a decision to praise God in every situation. And we see this principle in action when Paul and Silas are in Acts chapter 16. Paul and Silas had been preaching the gospel in the city of Philippi, and God was confirming the gospel with signs and wonders. While they were preaching throughout the city, there was a Philippian slave girl, a fortune teller, who followed them around everywhere they went, saying, these men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim the way of salvation. And it sounded good, (laughs) But there was something sinister going on. Has anybody ever given you a compliment and it made your skin crawl? Uh-huh. They said nice words, but there was some there was some spiritual darkness going on there. This girl was following them around, proclaiming that they were servants of the Most High God, proclaiming the way of salvation, but she was demon possessed and she was co-telling off of the ministry of Paul and Silas to promote her fortune-telling business. Mm-hmm. She endorsed Paul and Silas, so it would look like they endorsed her, too. And the Bible says that it annoyed Paul so much, Paul got so mad that he just turned around out and cast the devil out of the girl. Hallelujah. I dare you to try that at work Monday. Let me know how it goes. He was delivered right there on the spot. It was a great and mighty miracle, but not everybody was happy about it. Listen, when you serve Jesus, don't expect everybody else to be happy about you serving Jesus. Some people liked you better before you got saved. Hello. Look at verse 19 in Acts chapter 16. It says, when her master saw that their hope of profit was gone. Look at that. You can't serve God on money. They seized Paul and Silas, dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities, and they brought them to the magistrates and said, These men, being Jews, exceedingly trouble our city. And they teach customs which are not lawful for us, being Romans, to receive or observe. Then the multitude rose up together against them. The magistrates tore off their clothes, commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them secure. My God, think about how Paul and Silas felt in that moment. What started as a great day quickly spiraled into a terrible day. Come on, think about it. They were serving God. They were doing right. They were preaching the gospel. They were there to help people, but instead of a thank you, the people of Philippi dragged them through the streets, humiliated them, beat them, and threw them in a Roman jail. I've never been attacked by a mob before, but I'm guessing that they were traumatized. Think about it. Here it is late at night. They're sitting in a jail cell. Their feet were in shackles. Their backs were bleeding. It was a bad situation. But what were Paul and Silas thinking? What were they focused on? You think you're having a bad day? They had a bad day. But where was their focus? Acts 16.25 says this, And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. Church, that's what a worshiper does. They had been beaten, they had been attacked, they had been falsely accused, they had been thrown in prison, and even in the middle of all that, they prayed and they sang praises unto God. A worshiper is going to worship, and a praiser is going to praise Worshipper says it doesn't matter what the circumstances are. It doesn't matter if life is good right now or life is tough right now. I made up my mind that I will bless the Lord at all times. Instead of thinking about how bad the problem was, they started thinking about how good God is. And they started praising God right in the middle of their mess. But notice that Paul and Silas, they were in this mess together. Some people say a real friend a real friend will bail you out of jail. I say a real friend is going to be sitting in the cell with you saying, man, didn't we have a good time? Paul and Silas were locked up together. Now let me ask you this. Do you have a Paul or a Silas in your life? Do you have somebody who's not afraid to pray and sing praises to God when you're facing the midnight hour? Maybe the reason you're discouraged and defeated right now is because in your heart you are a worshiper, but you have surrounded yourself with complainers. You need to hang around some praisers. Come on, I'm looking for somebody when I say hallelujah, they say hallelujah. When I say thank you, they say Jesus. Bible says that iron sharpens iron. Why are you hanging around with dull people? Listen, things happen in an atmosphere of praise, but no, nothing happened in an atmosphere of criticism and negativity. Life is too short to waste it on complainers. I don't know about you, but I'm looking for some people with the high praises of God in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. Come on, baby, let's set this word on fire for Jesus. You want to complain about the president? Well, let me tell you about my king. God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name that every tongue to confess of things in heaven and things on the earth and things under the earth and every knee shall bow and confess that he is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. That's my Jesus. Let me tell you, Jesus did something for me that no president, no House of Representatives, no senator ever did for me. He did something that no Democrat, no Republican, no Independent, and surely no Libertarian did for me. He died on the cross to save my soul from death. He washed my sins away. He redeemed my life from destruction. He set my feet on the solid rock. That's my Jesus. You want to complain about the president? Let me tell you about the king. Not only did he save me, he healed me. I cannot forget seven years ago tomorrow tomorrow. Being loaded up into an ambulance, and I couldn't move my feet and couldn't move my legs because my brain was energy. God me. It saved my life. And if He did that, there's no problem that I face right now that He can't fix. And there's no problem you face, because what he did for me, he will do for you. What a mighty God we serve. That's my Jesus. He is my Savior. He is my healer. And he's my baptizing in the Holy Ghost. When I don't know what to pray, I can just open up my mouth and the Holy Spirit will pray the perfect will of God through me. Let me tell you something. You think the speaking in tongues things ain't real? When my body was shut down, my brain was bleeding. I had no consciousness, no movement in my body. My lips were moving and the Holy Ghost was praying in tongues. Let me tell you something. Jesus is the Savior. Jesus is the Healer. Jesus is the Baptizer in the Holy Ghost. And my Jesus is coming back. And He's coming soon. And let me tell you something, church Jesus is not coming back on Air Force One. He's coming back on clouds of glory, and he is coming back as king of peace, as Lord of lords, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Jesus, reigns. Jesus, reigns. Jesus, reigns. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Complainers don't understand worshipers. Complainer will look at you and say, your problem's too bad for you to praise God. And the worshiper will say, uh-uh. No, baby, my God's too good for me not to praise Him. My God's too good for me not to praise Him. Hallelujah. Here's what worship does. It restores our perspective. Worship opens our Worship open up, opens our eyes to the supernatural realm. It opens up our eyes to the will and the plan and the purpose of God. A critical spirit will blind you. A critical spirit will blind you to the things of God. A negative spirit will blind you to the anointing of the Holy Spirit. When God is moving, you miss it. Why? Because you go around complaining instead of worshiping. You're listening to the devil's radio station 24-7 instead of tuning in to what the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you in your life. Some of you, you're going through a legitimate hardship and you've been in a difficult season. but you've developed a critical spirit and the enemy is using it to rob you. I'm telling you something, this is your day. This is a pivotal day in your life. This is the day that you switch sides. This is the day that you leave the camp of the complainers and you join the rank of the worshipers. Because on this side, you've got a bunch of people who never inherit the promise. They grumble and they complain and they murmur against God. In this atmosphere, nothing happens. You get death, disappointment, and destruction. All but you come over here to the worshipers. The atmosphere of expectancy is the breeding ground for miracles. My Bible says that God inhabits the praises of His people. Where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Glory to God, I'd rather be with two and three people who want to worship God and let God show up. Come on, somebody. Was it easy for Paul and Silas to worship God in that prison cell? Absolutely not. Nothing is more difficult than praising God when things are going wrong. But one of the purest forms of worship is praising God when you don't feel like it. Because it demonstrates that your worship is not based on circumstances. It's proof that you don't have circumstantial worship. Listen, anybody can worship God when things are great. But there's something so deep and profound and so pure about worshiping God in the midst of adversity. When you have every right to complain, but you start praising the name of Jesus... You know what you get when you complain about your problems? More of the same problems. But something happens when you worship God in the midst of your pain. When you're in the middle of the mess and you start praising and worshiping God, you know what you're doing? You're inviting the Lord to step into the middle of that situation. And no matter what happens around you, He said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. And you know and I know that if God is with me in this, I'm going to make it through it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you live a life of worship, there will be times when God sends a suddenly into your life. I love what the Bible says. It says that at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And look at this. And suddenly, there was an earthquake, a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's veins were loosed. Out of God, why would you sit there and complain when you serve a suddenly God? Some of y'all need to stop pouting and start praising God. Some of you need to stop playing into the media and start praying in the spirit. Some of y'all need to stop panicking over sickness and start rejoicing in the God of your salvation. It's time for somebody to pray and sing praises unto God. Hallelujah. I feel the prison break coming on. Something happens when God's people worship. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, and the foundation of the prison were shaken. And immediately, all of the doors were open, and everyone's bands were loose. Not just the preachers; everybody in the house. And the keeper of the prison, waking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners have fled. But Paul cried out with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Now, is it just me? If I was in prison and all my chains fell off, the doors would wide open. It's uh, midnight the jail is asleep. (laughs) Ain't nobody looking? I'm going to get out of there. But the Bible says that everybody was there. Nobody left. Why did they stay? Because they heard something they never heard before. These two prisoners who were stripped naked and beaten and thrown into prison ought to be cursing God instead for praying and, well, pray and singing praises, singing praises unto God. Do you know that people who don't even know God are drawn to people who worship? Him? Why? Because you carry the aroma of Christ. Listen, I can always tell if you've been in a Mexican restaurant, if you come and talk to me, because you have the aroma of the aroma. People know when you've been in the presence of God, when you've been worshiping God, when you've given up complaining and taken up praising, they know why, because you carry the aroma of Christ because you've been in His presence. And everybody around you will scratch their head trying to figure out what's different about you. It's that aroma. It's that spiritual essence that comes from being in the presence of God. A complainer will never draw anybody to the Lord. Why? Because they speak just as much as the world around them. Doubt, fear, negativity. Hello. Criticism. Oh, but you, I don't want to think like the world. I don't want to smell sweet like Jesus. A complainer thinks of the world, but a worshiper carries the aroma of Christ. Unbelievers are drawn to worshipers. There was something about Paul and Silas. There was something that they had that everybody in that prison knew they needed. There was a longing in their souls. I would give anything to experience what they have. You see, it's one thing to be free on the outside, but it's something different altogether to be free on the inside. He whom the sun sets free. Is free indeed. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And if you're here this morning and you're not free, Jesus offers you freedom today. will you close your eyes as we pray for just a moment? I want to pray for you. If you don't know the Lord, I want this to be your moment, your day, your opportunity. Someone once said that the opportunity of a lifetime must be seized within the lifetime of the opportunity. The Bible says that we have no promise of tomorrow. We never know when our time on earth is going to be over. That's why you don't put the most important thing in this life off. You don't delay, not another moment, not another day. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Now is the appointed time. Make the decision this morning. Trust your life to Jesus and you'll never be the same. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Don't believe the devil's lies. There are not many paths to God. There is only one way. There's always only been one way. And there will always only be one way, and that is Jesus. Put your faith in Him. Surrender your life to Him. And He will cleanse you and set you free. Trust in Jesus this morning. I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer to help you start your journey of surrender and faith in Jesus. Pray this prayer with me. Jesus! Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Be my Savior. Be my closest friend. Jesus, with your help, I'll follow you. I'll serve you. I'll trust you with all my life. In your name I pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. If you pray that prayer for the first time, or you're here this morning and you just know that you know that you know that you're a child of God, will you stand up and just praise Jesus this morning? Come on, let's rejoice. Let's thank God for his salvation this morning.